Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Welcome into our Airbnb uh, right down the street from Paddington Station uh, in London, uh, England. Wow. It, bear with us for this episode because we're both absolutely exhausted. We got no sleep on the plane last night. Uh, it was a bit of a, a dice roll. We tried to get some sleep and some people were... Listen, let's get into that. Actually, why don't we start there with it with 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 the decorum on an international flight? We're we're about to get you know the lights go off. We're about to you know crash into sleep, and all of a sudden, this woman starts screaming a conversation from her seat on the left side of the plate to like the middle three seated row, and I'm like, wow, are they gonna like? Is she gonna be like doing this for a while, Ryan? That conversation went on for, I'm not kidding, like an hour and a half. Meanwhile, halfway through, she gets up and starts stretching. I'm all for it. It's a long flight. Got to get your stretches in. Great. Start stretching. I couldn't sleep because they were screaming. She was screaming. The other people were whispering. She was screaming. So I decided to put out a movie. Mm. I put out a movie. She's up standing in front of my seat and she puts her hand on the headrest of the person sitting in front of me and her hand is covering my movie. So now she has me up and now disrupting my viewing experience. Suffice to say, I did not get very much sleep. Yeah, no, I, I can tell you I had less than 30 minutes sleep. I cannot get comfortable on flights. Like just, it just doesn't work for me. Um, yeah, I got a famous Matt Perino annoyed face. Like he turned around at one point to look at me, uh, gave me that face. Like what is going on here? I'm about to, I'm about to blow up, you know, not really, but he was getting angry and I could tell, uh, you know, for me, you know, I, I had two stories, the guy in front of me and you know, no judgment, judgment free zone. He watched big George Foreman three times in a row on this flight. This was about an eight hour flight. And, and no, it was not George Foreman. Like the only person I think would watch that movie three times in a row would be George Foreman. It was just some random dude. Must have been a big boxing fan. Maybe he fell asleep a few times during it. And then my biggest pet peeve, Matt, eight hour flight. 
I am in row 37. It's the last true row where you have three by three by three of the entire airplane. The second that plane stops taxiing, this guy in the next section of 37 gets his stuff out immediately and starts standing right next to me, like right, right in my, you know, right next to my face. You're not going anywhere, buddy. Knock it off. I'm totally with you. That's one of my least favorite things that people do on airplanes. Now, if you had to like catch a flight because our, our flight was um, a delay going to Chicago, uh, I understand that. Um, but yeah, let's, let's have some decorum. Um, anyway, we're going to talk to you about our first day in London, obviously here today. we got a lot of plans over the next couple of days. We're going to get into some bills topics on to d- this afternoon show mo- where most of you are watching. It's, it's very much night here in London and shout as always is brought to you by tops friendly markets. Are you ready for slider Sunday? Every time you visit slidersunday.com, you have a chance to win free products, brand swag, tailgating gear trips and much more one chance per day no purchase necessary it is a given you always have to make tops friendly markets a part of your game day all right so let's get started with uh and shout out to elliot everybody watching uh live on youtube uh thank you hit that like button subscribe to the channel as well um he said your your hair never takes a day off this is actually i did this hair when do we leave? Tuesday? Tuesday morning? Early Tuesday morning. I did this hair at 3 o'clock on Monday. Slept on it Monday night. Flew internationally. And now we are, I'm probably going to jump in the shower at 9 or 10 o'clock because I just feel gross. So that's to be the first time I touched it. So it's, it's it's holding up. It's holding up really, really well. You need a shake. You need a shake job. Yeah, I, abso- I absolutely do. And, you know, you also did. You tried uh, Caitlin's pillow thing on the flight, and it didn't mess up the hair either. I mean. Yeah, but I brought it back. Okay. All right. It's holding up very strong. Yeah. Did I explain this in the podcast already? No. Because I was so excited about it. It's like a, t- oh yeah, I did it on Danger and Bataglia. It's like a, it's like a, um, uh, a travel pillow tower where you can like put your arms through it and then like lean your head like on, on the top of it and like fall asleep. I couldn't find a comfortable position with my back though. So I didn't get full utilization of it. So, you know, TBD, we'll, we'll, we'll give it another whirl at some point. All right. So Josh Allen. AFC Offensive Player of the Week for the second time this season. He did it against the Raiders a couple of weeks ago. Not a surprise. I mean, he went out there against the Dolphins team and was absolutely dominant. Um, uh, it threw the air, four touchdowns, getting Stefan Diggs uh, involved. And actually, Josh was just at the podium uh, in Buffalo and said that <clears throat> he thought that Diggs should have gotten the award. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about some of the crazy numbers, you know, that Josh Allen has put up against the Dolphins. What... Throw, throw it on people. Like, how many of his player of the weeks have been against the Dolphins? Well, so I, I think he's actually won the award 11 or 12 times. Now he's won it five, but he's only played the Dolphins 11 times in his career. And five of those performances have gone for player of the week. And I think maybe one of them is also the playoff game, too, because why would you know? Or maybe not, because it's 11. They've played once this regular season, but you're almost batting, you know, 500 for Josh Allen to win player of the week for the AFC uh, offensive player. Uh, against Miami. So it kind of just shows his dominance over the years, how he's always had their number, and it continued again here in week four. Um, There's this cool new feature on Twitter. Uh, When you're live streaming a video, it comes up at the top of your app in like a a little pink box, almost like it was like when um, Twitter Spaces first came out. Like they put those at the top of the page. I I, I like that feature. Uh, I'm retweeting it over there right now. So I wanted to start with Josh and – where he sits 
going into week five here because my I know yours did. My inbox blew up after that game against the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, he's now the front runner for the MVP four weeks into the season. We were right back in that same space we were a year ago where, you know, he comes out against the Rams, completely dominates takes over, you know, a couple of games, puts up big numbers. And now it's like, is this finally the year? What do you think about him being there first and foremost? Like, do you feel like he's definitively, you know, the, the, the front runner uh, ahead of anybody else? And then how do you feel like he's better positioned to handle that with this offense this year as maybe compared to last year and and was it a a case of not being able to handle it well where maybe things fell off the track a little tracks a little bit yeah so first and foremost mm-hmm. where you know right now i have him 1a 1b with christian mccaffrey and mccaffrey is a tough it's a tough sell for a running back to win mvp in today's day and age but he's been dominant he's coming off of a four touchdown performance with the 49ers and been a difference maker on this team brock purdy's a very good game manager and a lot of really good things for that offense goes ever since they were uh, able to acquire Christian McCaffrey last year. So that's where I kind of have them. In terms of Allen right now, yeah, definitely the front runner in the AFC, definitely the front runner overall probably in, in the league, like I said. One area where I think it, you know, he's he's better off this year than he's been in year past in the MVP race is the offensive line play. Uh, I think that sometimes he's had to create on his own. And sometimes it's a beautiful chaos that goes really, really well, and you see the highlights over and over again. But other times it's performances where he makes those mistakes and he has the turnovers. And the way this line has been holding up over the last three weeks especially, they had some struggles against the the Jets. Um, The way they've been holding up the last three weeks, it's been able to give Josh Allen time to scan the field. It's been time to to let him hit those quick hitters, though, as well. So it's been a mix, but I think where the offensive line is right now, Matt, it's going to help him now and in the future in this MVP race. I think back to that Patriots game. I think it was in, was it 19 when he threw the three interceptions? It was just, you know, he'd probably put it in a handful of his worst games that he's ever played in the pros. And I think that Jets game in week one, I'd I'd also put that in that that pot. And that was scary. Like, I remember we did a post-game podcast talking about, do the Bills have a Josh Allen problem? And and both of us ultimately said no. It was a one-game situation against a defense that, you know, has – played well against Josh Allen over the course of his career. But like it was troubling that he comes into the season was so upfront about the things that he needed not to do. And then went and out and did the exact opposite of everything that he was, he said that he was going to do. But to me, the way that he's responded and the way that he's playing over the last three weeks, it's not just the numbers. It's just, it's not the production. It's not the way that he's running the offense. It's the way that, Ken Dorsey is moving him around. He's lining him up under center. He's asking him to play shotgun. He's asking him to to do play action. He's asking him to make plays <clears throat> off schedule, like like he usually does. I mean that that pass to Stefan Diggs, uh, where you know I, I think it was a couple of weeks ago where he kind of scooted off to the right and then threw uh, you know a scramble drill after that and found Diggs forty yards down the field. You're still going to have that as part of his game. I think what he's demonstrated is number one, the ability to reset after a bad performance, which you have to do in an MVP season. Yeah. You can't have multiple bad games. Like Tua's coming off of <clears throat> not what I would call a bad game. No, statistically very strong. Exactly. It was a fine statistical performance, but you can't have two or three ho hum games in a row if you want to take a shot, a, a true shot at MVP. And what else is helping the Bills is like, I think that. 
I, I thought they were going to win 13 games coming into the season. I, I'm still there, despite the fact that they play a really tough back half of their schedule. I mean, you think about the Cowboys, the Eagles, the ba- uh, the Bengals, who I know that they're one and three, but you still got to configure that that's going to be a challenging game on the road uh, in prime time. The Chiefs, um, the Chargers, there's, there's some tough games in the second half. You have to string good games together. And I like the way that Josh has put these three games together in a row, you know, really high level of play. And you could say what you want about the <clears throat> commanders. That's a good defense. Like yes. that's a good defensive line that you got to really operate and be on your, as they love to say, P's and Q's against them. Um, but they have been. And Josh is uh, a big reason why I think he's in a really good spot to make a run at this thing. Absolutely. And listen, Jacksonville on, on Sunday is not going to be an easy game for a, a, you know, a wide range of reasons, but if he performs well on Sunday, then it gets, you know, I don't want to say soft, but he has this stretch where he can really uh, extend his lead. Maybe the MVP race, you have the giants who, my goodness, I don't know if Daniel Jones will be able to make it through the entire season healthy. Uh, you have the Patriots, you have the Buccaneers mixed in there. Uh, the Bengals who, you know, you said the Bengals should be very good, but I think they made a big mistake by getting Joe Burrow out there. Week one, the calf is limiting him. He's a one read QB right now because of it. He can't, he's not mobile. He can't really move. Um, and then after that Bengals game, you have the Broncos who are a mess. So that's a stretch right there where he can really take a, a commanding lead, so to speak, in the MVP race. Is there a chance they could be 10 and one, not lose a game in that stretch? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, looking at that stretch, I think Sunday's game is the biggest one. I think Jacksonville. Uh, and, and I know the Bengals are the Bengals. They've been giving the Bills some fits. But right now, I like the way that Jacksonville suddenly play. I know they're 2-2, two and two, uh, but they've been here for a week already in London. We'll see if that works out to their advantage or not. I, I think of this next stretch of games, this is the the biggest one. And not to you know be cliche with the Bills, but that's what they always say. This is the biggest game because it's the next one. So you know, get this one off the checklist, and then probably the, the Bengals is the next biggest game of those three or four weeks down the stretch. But like you said, there's some tough ones toward the end of the season as well. If I were to say today that this day today, when we landed in London this morning, this day is the biggest day because it's the next day for us, that would have been correct, and it was a monster day. Like we fit in a crazy amount of things on day one here in uh, London. So we we landed. We dropped our luggage off. Um, we went and we checked out um, uh, Piccadilly, we went, Square. Piccadilly Square, uh, Trafalgar, or no Piccadilly Circle and Trafalgar Square. Uh, took some pictures. You you posted some of those. Uh, we went and had some delicious lunch. You can give us your Nando's review if you're coming over. If you're making the trip and you've never had Nando's, they have a couple in the states. Excellent chicken. I had some chicken thighs today. You had a big old chicken sandwich, mm-hmm. uh, delicious. And then we went messed around at two thirty, and we went and saw uh, Wicked, yeah. uh, the, the 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 Broadway musical in London. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, Wicked, unbelievable. Highly recommend. I'm not someone that usually goes to theater shows uh, because, again, I know Buffalo has Shays and things like that, but I'm not in New York City a lot. But the prices were unbelievable today, man. I mean, it must have been that uh, middle of the week lull. Um, so we were able to hit up wicked, unbelievable performances, great show, uh, had a great time at Piccadilly circle. Um, that was kind of, I like how you said it was kind of like the times square of London with a lot of different things and a really cool atmosphere, much more reserved. Sure. Yes. I, I agree with that completely. Um, and you know, the tube is, is great for getting from point A to point B. I'm really enjoying that so far too. Super easy to use, really efficient for travel. 
So I'm going to give everybody a little um, tip. Become a Shout Bills Insider, 716-528-6727. You will get a uh, two-week free trial just to check it out. If you're coming to London, I highly recommend it because that gives you text access to Ryan and myself. You just throw us off a text. We'll tell you what our itinerary is for the day. As a matter of fact, I just had an idea. Why don't we just send out our, our itinerary every single day to it. the insiders? We'll do that starting um, tomorrow. And as always, the Shout Insider text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Buyer, Litro Law Group. Um, let me bring up this read. You know, come on, Ryan. You gotta get your foot out of the way. I'm trying to get, right, I'm trying sure, to get to the read. You're, you're killing me. Over here. The Shout Insider text line uh, is brought to you by Carrie C. Buyer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Litro, located at 237 Main Street in Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, just give Carrie a call at 716-852-1234. Tell them the Shout Boys sent you and go to LitroLaw.com for more information. Um, all right, let's get to the defensive ends. It's been a big week uh, for this defensive line coming off of a four-sack Nine pressure performance uh, against the Miami Dolphins. Daquan Jones was superb in that game. Yeah. So I guess before we get to Vaughn, let's give a little shine to Daquan Jones because I feel like he doesn't get enough. Right. And <clears throat> pro football focus, I put this out to the insiders the other day, had him at seven pressures in that game. He had the sack. I mean, he was a one-man wrecking crew on the inside of that line. And Listen, you could say what you want about Connor Williams being out and then going with Liam Eichenberg, and but you have to take advantage of that matchup. They did. Um, Von Miller was on the Von cast yesterday. He said that if he was a betting man, if he was betting, he'd bet on Bill's Mafia seeing Von Miller on the field against Jacksonville uh, on Sunday. Now, some really funny. <laughs> why don't you go through? Because <laughs> I. I think you were I think you were you're reading through some of the yeah, responses yeah. that Bills fans had to that comment. Yeah, and, and listen, I'll try to pull some specific ones up here, but you know, the gist of a lot of the comments were, okay, well, I guess we'll see him at the Giants game then. You know, Von Miller, maybe he thinks he's really going to play on Sunday, maybe he ends up playing. Uh, but we've heard this this song and dance before. Uh, when he when he have, whenever he does line up, he's not going to have Odell Beckham Jr. and DeAndre Hopkins as his teammates and he Kind of made some guarantees there. Uh, last season, it was that he'd be back for the Jets' regular season game, and and that wasn't his fault. They went in, they found there was damage to the ACL. Um, said he'd be ready by the start of the regular season. I don't blame him for that one, too, because he did clear two days before the Bills put him on the pup list this summer, so technically he would have been ready to play in the regular season. But he says a lot of things, and he can be a betting man all he wants. Uh, but until the Bills say, hey, here's a jersey for you. We think you're in football shape. We think you're ready to go. Uh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I think the Giants is a much more realistic fit. I, I don't know if you want him making his first game action of the year when you have him going on a long eight-hour flight, uh, trying to get your bodies right in that regard, trying to get ready for a game, uh, and then get up for a game on Sunday, which will be very early on the East Coast. Uh, and then around two o'clock here on you know, London time. Yeah. And I think that like Vaughn's always going to have this positive outlook and Sean mentioned it today. The one tough part about all this is he's only going to have one padded practice. And he even mentioned it on the Vaughn cast yesterday. Like when you're getting ramped up for the season and you're going through training camp, you're getting, you know, 
more than a dozen padded practices out there to get your body right, to get yourself in playing, playing shape. Now, <coughs> excuse me, is there a scenario where Von Miller can dress and play 10 snaps? Maybe go into the Kingsley Jonathan role like that he played last week? Sure. Like, I think that that's perfectly plausible. Um, but here's the problem that bubbled up today when Sean McDermott met with the media. Greg Rousseau is dealing with a foot injury. He didn't practice today. It's the only padded practice of the week. We know what happened last year when Greg Rousseau had that high ankle sprain. And I don't know what this specific injury is, but Sean McDermott was asked a follow-up question about it at the end of his press conference. And he said, he's in a, he's, he's, he's very sore today. So it's a day-to-day situation. I think you got to, treat this with kid gloves. You do not want anything lingering with Greg Rousseau. If you need to shut him down for a week or two, as great as he's been, as much as you don't want to lose him, you know, you want to, you want to pay close attention to that. So maybe that means an uptick in, in snaps for Kingsley Jonathan, Mm -hmm. but like, let's get into this because a couple scenarios, Greg Rousseau's snap count. uh, I think he's been among the top guys um, at edge him and Ed Oliver have been the two guys week after week that I've keep seeing at the top yeah. of that snap count sheet. If you bring his snap count down from say 55, 60% down to like 30 or 30 or 25, do you see the, a, a larger role for a Jonathan? Do you see AJ Apanessa maybe moving into that starters role and filling it and then having Shaq and Kingsley kind of move it Shaq remain where he's at and then Kingsley move into the AJ role. And then you also have the wild card of maybe Vaughn getting into the mix. How do you see this all playing out? And what would you do if you were Sean McDermott? Yeah. So if Greg Russo cannot go on Sunday, that creates the problem. And I don't think you give all the reps to AJ Epinesa, which was one of the scenarios you kind of laid out there, Matt. Uh, I think you do see a small uptick in the Kingsley Jonathan snaps, but realistically you're probably seeing a slight increase for AJ Epinesa, a slight increase for Kingsley Jonathan. If Von Miller is ready to go, you want to bring him in slowly. You want to uh, ease that process up and just kind of give him those 10 to 15 uh, snaps in, in kind of that game one, that return game. So I think you'd see a few players get a slight uptick in snaps, but no one would take over the lion's share of the of the snaps that we've seen Rousseau taking week in and week out. Yeah, and this is something that, you know, this, this Jacksonville Jags offense has been hot and cold. It's been up and down. We're going to get more into that in the preview show. This isn't one of those games where you don't want to have a Greg Russo. I mean, if he can, if he's close and you can kind of treat it like the Leonard Floyd situation where they maybe dialed him back a little bit for the one week and and he didn't really seem to miss a beat. I think that's kind of the play, but listen, you're going to have guys coming in and out of the lineup. You know, if Vaughn can't go, I think you rely on um, those four guys in Shaq, Leonard Floyd, AJ and Kingsley Jonathan. I mean, he's available kind of, ready to go. And, you know, if Vaughn doesn't go, you just kind of keep him on pup list and, and you kind of go from there. We're going to talk about the corner uh, situation here in a few minutes, but let's run through this injury report. Um, Christian Benford uh, with the shoulder. He was limited today. Uh, Damian Harris with a neck injury limited today, which is something to kind of keep an eye on. Dawson Knox now limited with a quad, which is different from the injury that he was dealing with last week. Um, Jordan Poyer limited in practice, so he might be trending in a good direction. What did you think of Taylor Rapp's game? Uh, I was actually really impressed with Taylor <laughs> Rapp's game, and and that was a tough spot to be in, not because he couldn't handle it. He has a ton of starting reps, 
I feel like the Bills had kind of kept his snap counts down weeks two and three going into that matchup, but somewhere in that 16 to 18 range. And then you don't have Jordan Poyer playing and you need Rap to step up. I thought he did a really nice job. Uh, it's just one game. It's a long season, but if he can replicate that type of performance when he gets on the field and gets opportunities like that, he's making a case to get re-signed here and maybe take over a starting role. Yeah, I really like Taylor Rapp's overall game plan. And I think like, or, or, or play. I, and I think like the game plan too, like probably the way they executed in the secondary probably gave Sean McDermott and the coaching staff a lot of confidence in Taylor Rapp. Um, he kind of did exactly what they signed him to be like coming in, in, in a spot, perform in a big setting. Um, was it in a, a great performance by any stretch? Probably not. Like he was solid, right? There was a couple plays where I think he may have missed a tackle or two. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly uh, on the rewatch, um, but a situation where this is exactly what you were looking for from that player and he delivered it. So uh, I think that's a good spot. And if they, if they get in a spot again this weekend against Jacksonville and Jordan Poyer is not close enough, you can go with rap and feel really good about it. Yeah. And you know, raps, in my opinion, his greatest strength is his tackling ability, Matt. And, and that's, you know, probably one a on Sean McDermott's checklist of, of what he wants to see out of his players on his defense. And, a solid tackler, a guy that doesn't give up the, the plays after uh, a missed tackle. And, you know, Rep's not perfect, but he's been among the league's best in that in that role in his career uh, with the Rams. And he had a really nice performance here with the Bills, obviously, on Sunday. Um, So, shout out to the Shout Insiders. We had a impromptu, and this is one of the really cool features of this uh, platform that we now have to connect directly with fans on a more two-on-one basis and, you know, almost as a small community too. We're going to start doing these like Zoom Q&As. Mm -hmm. So yesterday at the airport, we set it up. We sent out a text to all 300 plus of our uh, Shout Insiders. And we said, we're going to do an impromptu Zoom. Come on in. We'll hang out. You can just fire away with some questions. And it was really cool. I mean, we had like 13, 14 people. And I thought, uh, ask questions. We had over, uh, I think almost 40 people at one time were in the chat um, and, and participating. Um, sign up for a free trial and and we're going to probably launch one of those things up again next week. Uh, so you could be a part of that. It'll be a really cool time to join. One of the things I wanted to bring into the show from that was I thought a really good conversation that we had around Dane Jackson and this whole um, situation that's kind of brewing at cornerback two. Uh, or really cornerback one and cornerback two and, and how that's all going to, you know, kind of shake out. Um, I, th I believe it was Dan and correct me if it was somebody else that asked the question. Uh, it's been a long day and we're, we're running on empty here, but he asked a really good question about like, where is Kyrie's confidence level at coming back? And is it something where, you know, putting him back out there, are you worried at all about him potentially, you know, having a confidence, um, lack of confidence and that affecting his play. And I, I really like this conversation because Sean McDermott, when he was asked about, you know, Kyrie the other day, it's like, you know, he mentioned the fact that he was a young player and sometimes for young players, like you face adversity. And I don't think we've really spent enough time talking about Dane Jackson and the adversity that he faced this year. Right. Like he's a guy that started last year for Trey white at CB one with Levi Wallace gone you know, they, they flipped and, and rotated Christian Benford and Dane Jack and um, Kyrie Elam at the other spot. Dane Jackson was the guy for most of the yeah. season last year. 
And then lo and behold, we get into the training camp this year. The two younger guys, um, at times I'll play him and he's asked to slot right back into that role of depth guy. And so Sean, I asked Sean about that. And like, is there anything you could take away from Dane handling that the right way? And he said, that's the perfect example to use for a guy like Kyrie, who probably had feelings about the way that this materialized in year two. He's a former first round pick. He doesn't want to be without a Jersey on game days. And so I think just from what I viewed with Kyrie, he's approaching this the right way. I think that he's got, you know, a chip on his shoulder, something to prove, but he's also, you know, if you look at this as an opportunity to kind of learn, to get better uh, in the time that you get to spend on it while you're not like out there being forced to play every week and game plan every week, it could potentially be a beneficial thing for him. Yeah. Agree a hundred percent. There's a question here from Eric Prince. Do you think that Elam will, or might be thrown in for a few snaps on Sunday? Yeah. I mean, I think it's very possibly gets rotated and he's still the clear cut uh, cornerback three, but to Matt's point last year, he wasn't quarterback, uh, cornerback one or two, uh, despite being the first round pick, despite Trey white missing half the season. And yet when his number was called upon, he made some plays in the regular season against the chiefs, uh, against the Dolphins. He's someone that takes the preparation very seriously. Uh, and he's going to have a chance and a chip on his shoulder to try to prove that they should have had him starting all along. Uh, and, you know, that that's kind of something to keep an eye on there. In terms of Dane Jackson, who we just talked about too, you know, Dane Jackson was dealing with a neck injury last year. Uh, he was dealing, you know, I think that affected his tackling a little bit. It probably even affected his confidence in his play on the field. You're not seeing that this year. Uh, he hasn't been perfect, but he's been a lot better than what I saw out of him last year in flashes. So I think the Bills do have a lot of confidence in those two specifically. Uh, and then obviously you throw a Benford into the mix there. So you have a, a solid trio of guys and maybe you're lacking at true number one, but you could argue that Trey white wasn't a true number one at this point in his career coming off of an ACL injury. Yeah. The, the Trey conversation is interesting because I do think that he was building some momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, consistently wasn't that guy playing and right. play out uh, for all four games this season or most of the four that he played, you know, Kyer's in a really interesting situation this week because Sean McDermott said we're going to have to see how it plays out. He's not ruling out a, a cornerback um, rotation with Benford and, and maybe Elam. Benford's limited today with a shoulder. If that's something that kind of nags him all week long, they might want to limit the amount of snaps that he gets in this game just to try to mitigate things with that injury. Um, and it's going to be interesting. Without Trey White, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, I mean, there's – there's some playmakers. Zay Jones even has, has had times where he's made plays. Uh, Evan Ingram. They got some guys that can make plays on on this offense. Yeah, and they have a running back in Travis Etienne who can make a lot of plays too as a runner and a receiver. So no shortage of talent. The Bills defense going, is going to have to come out and play at a high level like they have uh, all four games of the, of the season. Even in that Jets loss, I thought that they played pretty lights out defense. So it's another tough test. Uh, most weeks are a tough test for you in today's NFL uh, we'll see if they can kind of answer the bell, Matt. Just looking at some of the the tweet replies here on uh, on the episode going out. Uh, we're so appreciative of everybody uh, hanging out with us. Middle of well, almost the end of your workday. Uh, back in you know, look at your yawning oh, your man. your your butt off. Yeah, I'm I'm losing steam at a high rate here. I want to look through these uh, questions here real quick. Um, 
Hello to everybody in the chat. Thank you for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel as well. We're kind of away from the computer screen, so I couldn't see the comments as clearly as uh, we usually see them. If you're just hopping in, we are in our Airbnb uh, near Paddington Station in London, where uh, we have uh, tons of plans this week. You're going to want to make sure uh, that if you're in London, you get around uh, the Fitzrovia Bell on Saturday or on Friday night. We'll be doing a live podcast there, but we'll be hanging out. We'll be bouncing around town. Uh, join up to be a, a shout insider. Send us a, a message. We'll give you our itinerary. We'll let you know where we're going. Um, and then Saturday, dude, we got so much planned on Saturday. We're doing a walk walking tour in the morning on Saturday mm -hmm. uh, with a couple folks uh, that put it together from the Scottish Bills uh, backers. Uh, which is really cool. We are going to do, I'm going to a soccer match, uh, my first ever Premier League soccer match. Not a big soccer fan, but I hear it's an experience. So I'm going to go check it out. We're doing a, uh, some, we got to figure this out still, but we, I think we're doing some version of a Q&A that night and then we're going on the boat tour uh, that evening. Yeah, crazy, crazy busy day. Uh, I opted out of the soccer matchup. You pitched it to me and I said, I'd rather watch paint dry. No offense to the soccer lovers out there. It's just not for me. Uh, I can't sit there and watch a whole match. I've tried. I've tried many a times during World Cup games uh, and matchups, but just not for me. So, you know, I might be out and about with uh, my wife, Joelle, that day, checking out some more sites for a few hours. But we have two live shows, one being more of a Q&A type aspect. <laughs> we cannot wait to see the Bills Mafia. I was blown away at the presence at the airport uh, this morning. We were... We had to wait a little bit to be able to get to our Airbnb to drop our things off. So we were kind of waiting downstairs uh, in that little lobby area. And there was a whole section in front of the coffee shop, all dining Bill's gear. And then when that group left, there was another group all dining Bill's gear. We've seen some on the tube. We've seen some at different spots that we've been out and about at. Uh, and again, it you know, it's just Wednesday right now. Uh, I'm sure that tomorrow we'll see even more than what we've seen. And then as the weekend gets here, it's going to be mayhem. Uh, it'll be mayhem this weekend. If you're not in London and you're hosting a morning party, perfect time to go visit Topps's carry out cafe, grab yourself a breakfast pizza. It is the best deal in town. I would pay $50 for that bad boy. Uh, it, it is you can always get it for $20. Sometimes there's deals on it. Go check out that deal this weekend. Get yourself hooked up before the big game uh, against the Jaguars. And then start your slider Sunday winning streak with Kings Hawaiian this football season. Earn rewards to redeem for free product, brand swag, tailgating gear, and more. Visit slidersunday.com for details and visit the Tops Deli section and look for the bright orange Kings Hawaiian displays. Scan the QR for a chance to instantly win tailgating prizes. Then visit topsmarkets.com slash slider Sunday and get yourself some epic slider recipes. All right, he's Ryan. I'm Matt. The voice is going, but Friday the Bills will be in town. They will host a full media day. We have tons of plans to, to bring you coverage. And then we're hoping to be streaming the show live on Friday night from the Fitzrovia Bell. We will see you then. Take care, everybody.